1: varsity radio saturday morning show presented by the nebraska lottery strap yourselves in here are your hosts chris schmidt y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now and mark Kranak. time has come for someone to put his foot down and that foot is me
2: Welcome to it. Weekend Editions here at Bar Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Busy week. We'll put a bow on it for you. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. And give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Damon Barr. That's two R's. Mark Kradak is on assignment. We've been playing that game for, God, for almost 15 years on the weekend edition. If one of us is out, usually involving our kids, we are on assignment. What does that mean? He is gathering info and intel for a killer next Saturday when uh, my favorite's back. So Kraydak on assignment, but the next couple of hours we'll dive in and uh, go full Big Red. Numbers to dial up. 466-3776. 466-3776. 825 Five, eight, six, five. So we'll dive into some Husker baseball. Big time win for Coach Bolt's crew last night. We'll hear from Will Bolt in a little a bit. In a little bit, dive into some uh, Nebraska spring football thoughts. Brandon Vogel, one hour from now. And the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, also joins us in the eight o'clock hour. A couple of great rewinds for you. Fun week of guests this week on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, that included uh, Rick Pizzo from the Big Ten Network. Get his take on Nebraska football as he sees things this spring and moving forward from a national and Big Ten perspective. Some good insight on on year four for Adrian Martinez. And then uh, the pride of Grand Island. Uh, Matt Verzel is going to be with us as uh, Verz, a uh, standout Husker uh, in the 90s. Uh, we'll talk with Verz. We'll uh, hear that conversation and uh, get Versa's take on the O-line and in the running game. You can email Chris at com. So just some takeaways this week from spring football and the uh the, the the no panic, don't drink the Kool-Aid take is is still weighing heavy. It was pretty funny with uh, just the amazing job Nebraska's video and social media department did. You know, uh-oh. Midweek, what was the what was the talk? What was the discussion? It was well, there was no Omar Manning scene. He was in sweats. Sky's falling. There's no Marquis Step, and that is still a bit of a concern to me. Now, people smarter than I are like, nope, Step will be fine. He'll get back by by summertime, and he'll be able to do some work for the Big Red carrying the football this fall. But uh, uh, plenty of, of fun had with uh, lots of Omar sightings. With the Nebraska Kool Aid video, so that was good news for Nebraska fans towards the end of the week. But things got kicked off with Adrian Martinez and uh, kind of his take on things, and also uh, a chance to hear from from Mario Verdusco. And you know, one of the more kind of poignant moments this week was the the topic of benching, right? And the the <laughs> the fact that. Super Mario was was pretty, pretty real, with uh, with just what went down as much as he could divulge or, or wanted to divulge between the the uh, situation last year where Adrian was your starter, had the job, wasn't playing great, got pulled, and then uh, here is Luke McCaffrey. A couple of things that stick out here: a Mario's like, look, man, I am not the boss; I am the position coach, so. That wasn't my call. Okay, boom. And uh, that that told me a, a little bit. And you didn't really ever hear Mario say, yeah, you know, he needed it. Now, he did kind of go into, you know, he, he had a chance to to sit, look, and then he responded the, the right way. And just the way Verduzco kind of choked up a little bit with it, This week really kind of shows the care. It's not just lip service, but the care he has for the kids in that quarterback room. And the other thing that you got to have on a football team or or any team, honestly, is you got to have dudes that can respond the right way to adversity. Lord knows there's been lots of adversity on the field for Nebraska football because of the win totals there's been so many close ball games they've been right there and something's gone wrong they have seemed cursed quite frankly and uh, what you, what you do have is a guy in adrian martinez that, that responded the right way and it was highlighted against penn state luke got his first start adrian was supportive and adrian stayed ready that that is so vital moving forward as he goes into his fourth season, right? There's not anything he hasn't seen. There's not much he hasn't experienced. He's been benched in college. He's been injured in college. He's lost heartbreakers in college. He's had some great games in college. He's seen it all. It's time to kind of put it all together, and, and he knows that, and I'm excited for this, se- this season with him with some help around him. and And I think they've done a good job of adding that talent around him, but it's time for that talent around him to perform and, and he's gotta be better too. And and he knows that. But the, the Verdusco Adrian dynamic was pretty interesting this week. So that's one takeaway. You know, with Nebraska in their running game, as much as we talk about the backs, it's the, the comfort you have with three guys in that snapshot of the 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 Rutgers game. The Rutgers game that, that you saw three redshirt freshmen on the offensive line, and a, and a sophomore in, in Cam Jurgens, or he still might be a freshman. Forgive me about 7 a.m. math here. It's yet four dudes that have started and done pretty well, uh, at least to, to end the season. And then the, the final point here on the week that was with spring football was just the reality that, that Markel Dismuke and Deontay Williams uh, provided, how, how they were upset, frustrated. They've moved on. There's no grudges. But just the – the. I don't want to go and say divide, but nobody – it wasn't uniform about the bull game where you had some that, that didn't want to play, some that did. Why are we rehashing it? Well, uh, Deontay Williams was asked about it really for the first time. Do You got to hear a player's perspective from a dude who wanted to play. Didn't get to. He wanted some more film for the NFL. He wanted to go out potentially – with a bowl win for Nebraska, and uh, the vote didn't go the way that he needed it to go. And that's still shocking that a college football team voted not to play in the bowl game, and let's go home to our family. Yes, absolutely trying year with COVID. Yes, uh, difficult situation to not see family because of protocol. Uh, Family is most important. I get it. I totally get it. But some insight there. Husker baseball uh, did their thing last night, six to two. Nine out of ten for this Husker baseball squad, fourteen and five overall. As uh, they did some work, Joe Acker three for five, three doubles for him. You have uh, Bryce Matthews in the uh, bottom of the order going two for four, and he went yard. A couple of stolen bases, a couple of RBI. Spencer Schwellenbach paced uh, the crew as well with uh, a couple of hits and three RBI. Uh, And it's a three-double game by Acker. This team's doing it and finding ways. And it was a little tight in the mid-innings, and then Nebraska finally uh, got over the hump and and pushed forward. Cade Povich, six and third inning, uh, improves to three and one. The relief came in, and the bullpen uh, threw uh, two and two-thirds shutout innings to get this uh, series opening win. You know, Sean Burke uh, is a guy that can throw some flames for Maryland, nine strikeouts a game for him. He had six in so Nebraska a little bit better at the dish than the average against a guy like Burke. But uh, what what happened is this. Nebraska got out one nothing. Maryland tied the game and the the key inning or half inning in this ball game was the top of the 4th. Uh, Maryland led off with a hit, uh, and then Povich got a couple of outs. Uh, You had a runner on first with two down, and then you had a bit of a two-out rally here, a double uh, by Maryland, Uh, and then you had an intentional walk to Maryland's bopper, Cowles. So you had the bases loaded, and uh, you had a, a run walked in by Povich. But then you were able to uh, to get a fourth strikeout by Povich to get out of that bases loaded gem. Yes, you walked in a run. Yes, there was some two out hits, but one run was was it. Not all right. They they take care of business and bring home the uh, empty the bases, so to speak, which which could have been detrimental. So let's hear from Will Bolt in the post game here. Uh, and uh again, Will Bolt's all about the details and small things leading to big things here. Here's Nebraska's skipper.
3: Yeah, it's funny you ask that that was one of the things we talked about before the game. A Friday night game, going up against a premium arm like that, those are the type of things that you've gotta you gotta get done. I mean, you gotta get it done on every day. Um, but yeah, a night like tonight, um, awful lot of big plays uh on our end that weren't weren't necessarily the, the big swings, but uh, just, again, just a lot of the the plays that don't necessarily show up in the um, in the box score. Um, laying down bunt base hits. Uh, I mean, it started in the first inning, the two-strike double, and then the 11-pitch at-bat there from Hallmark. I mean, absolutely set the tone for the game. Moving the runner over, and then Shwelley putting the ball in play with two strikes. Um, yeah, and there was... You know, one of the things I told the team after the game was it would have very easily um, could have been one of those days where you'd look up and go, man, we were so close. Um, Bryce Matthews just missed hitting two, three run home runs in the first four innings of the game. Uh, But if you don't, if you're not able to or not willing to uh, sacrifice for your team and just do the small things like we did in that fifth inning there, Um you don't probably win that game. So that's where it shows up. I mean, it should have, could have, would have. wind's blowing in. wind knocked it down. Um, it's okay. We'll, we'll find some other ways to get it done. So
2: that was uh, Will Bolt in the post game, And uh, he talked about the fifth. Uh, you had three runs, two hits, and an error. And uh, the little thing here, your nine-hole hitter worked the lead off walk. You get an accurate double. Uh, You get a second hit and uh, you got two guys in scoring position and then Schwellenbach again coming up to do his work. More from Will Bolt as uh, he recaps the win last night Uh, in Nebraska. And we talk about this with football, right? You want to see it from the practice field to Saturday afternoon. Well, you saw things in action and you've seen a lot of it this season with Nebraska's Start and and consistency right now in Big Ten play, and that's you know the the work in practice showing up on game day.
3: Well, it's a little bit of both. I mean, we we like to give the guys the freedom to to play the game, and to um, you know we talk the situations and we talk about it in practice. And there's things that we work on. They work on within their skill set um, in the cages when nobody's watching. So uh, some of it, you know, Coach Harvell uh, continues to do a great job with. Just getting the guys ready to go offensively and and um, you know finding a way to get them around the bases and our guys continue to do a great job of just finding a way to get it done. So um, again, we just got to keep it going.
2: More on the execution and the attitude of the team.
3: Well, we have a saying around here. It's uh, execution is all about attitude, um, and you got to have attitude to do it, and you've got to have the attitude of. I'm eager to get it done. Not that okay. Well, I'll try it if you know if it comes up, or maybe I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot, or just kind of just go through the motions with it. You've got to you got to have the attitude to do it, and in order to, to execute at a high level, that's what you got to have. And um, up to this point, uh, the nine guys that we put in the lineup, and then guys that we bring off the bench, and guys every day at practice, they're they're willing to do um, and eager to do uh, what it takes to get the job done.
2: More from Will Bold here and let's talk about Povich again on the mound. His performance, uh, good enough for the win. He has been so nice for Nebraska to have a Bellevue kid that was gonna end up at A and M. You get the coaching change and you get this commitment and it's it's turned into a really nice luxury for Nebraska to have a dude like Povich on the hill.
3: Set the tone nicely for us. Um, had the changeup going again. I mean, back to a four-pitch mix. I think last week it was more one-and-a-half pitches, um, and he just competed his way through it. Today he had four pitches going against a really good hitting team, a team that's been swinging the bats really well. Um, obviously a huge moment in that game in the middle innings where he's able to get us off the field with just the one one run there, uh, leave the bases loaded gave us a shot to come back with the three spot. I mean that was that was obviously really huge and that's what you got to have. You got to have your Friday night guy uh make those pitches in those big spots, save the bullpen a little bit, um and give your offense a chance to get rolling. So, you got pitching, you got
2: two strike hitting and Nebraska did the work on the diamond. They scored the runs. They got the 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 11 pitched back. They got the runner moved over. They've got they they made the two strike hit happen. Maryland, one run, bases left loaded. More about the confidence in the lineup.
3: I think so. I mean, I think we've we've settled in and, and had a, a nice stretch here where we're, we're able to score some runs and, and put together some big innings and consistent scoring um, with those top six in the order. And then, you know, that like you said, depending on who maybe who's catching that day, um, maybe some matchups left, right, at the plate or on the mound, I'm sorry, Um, maybe can determine some of the other spots in the lineup, but again, you know, a guy like Roscom stepping in and playing first base at a pretty high level. I mean, incredible plays there by him defensively, drew three walks. I mean, uh, again, those guys are just finding a way to get the job done even when they're not necessarily getting a lot of hits.
2: Last side here from Will Bolt, and again, Matt Verzel and Rick Pizzo this hour on Hale Varsity Weekend Edition. The thing that's been so good about this Nebraska baseball team is uh, they're their personalities a lot like will bolts and that's commitment here to the approach, how to go get it done.
3: Yeah. I think as the, you know, you just always have to evolve and adapt as a hitter. Um, you know, you, you get the more information gets out there. Um, but again, I, I think at the end of the day, I know at the end of the day, it always just revolves back to doing what you do best and just sticking with that and just being that guy and, and trusting that that's going to be good enough. And he, they may get you sometimes, but if you're committed enough to what you do and your approach and, uh, you're at bats um, then you know you got a shot when you got some talent and, and uh, that's what you're seeing with those freshmen just stick with their approach keep coming and, and you've seen it up and down the lineup as well. Game two this afternoon Huskers
2: and Terps Nebraska looks to add to their uh, lead here in Big Ten baseball and uh, what a start here. Let's dive into some spring football that's on the way. Weekend edition. of Hale Varsity Radio. Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Network, and we'll get things kicked off the rewind next with Matt Verzil. It's Hale Varsity Radio, a weekend edition presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
4: Now back with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach.
2: Getting rolling, Hour 2, at Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, standout Husker and pizza maker extraordinaire with Paisons. We say hi to Matt Verzel. Verz, I love talking football with you. This may go in the the, the wrong direction, but my little boy's playing uh, your nephew this weekend in baseball. And, and I always love seeing your family, and, and I just hope they don't throw at my child. How are you?
4: Well, I'm good. No, uh... No guarantees on anything, you have to see how close the game is. <laughs> but you know, they'll keep it they'll keep it shoulder down, so you don't have to worry about the Nuggets, but you might get hit in the. You might get a cheek in there if it gets. If the game gets close.
2: There's plenty of cushion since he's a Schmidt, right there. So, <laughs> uh, Verz, it's it's springtime. It's football, man, and and I know you you're busy, but I always love your take on things. And where are you at from an optimism level? Feeling pretty good about where things are at, or is there just some caution with the optimism?
4: Uh, Schmidt, I've said it over. I don't have any issue with anything they do. Mm-hmm. The talent level, I, I think, is there. The the scheme is there. It's just now for whatever reason, none of it seems to meet on Saturday. Right. And You know, you can. There's a camp of people that will say, "Well, look at how close it was last year, and he lost by seven, and he lost by six, and he lost by seven. And Illinois is really the only team that blew you out. And I'm, in my mind, well, in Ohio State, of course, mm-hmm. I said. But in my mind, I'm like, those things all still happen. Like, I'm not I'm not a moral victory kind of guy. That's the beauty of competition and athletics is we get to go out in college football once a weekend and we get to figure out who's better. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska, unfortunately, last year was only better three times and everybody else was better five times. So for me, uh, fixing the, the little thing that can win you games. I had a great conversation with a former teammate of mine and he said, look, if you move from number 274 where you're at in special teams, even, to, even to, to halfway of that, you win two or three of those games. And I said, yeah, I said, you could be correct in that. I said, but there were some other things that, you know, if my aunt had gone at, she'd be my uncle. But it's one of those things that these are you're, you're you're near four like those should be under control by now. and those should be a focus. So I, I'm I'm really hoping that that attention to the to the little we don't have to talk about it anymore. No more special teams. Oh my god, we have to go on special teams or oh my god, they jumped offside again or oh my god, we did this or oh my god, we threw a lateral pass like. Those things we can eliminate. That, that I think, they're really on a good trajectory. But your schedule now becomes more daunting. So they better be ready to roll right out of the gate and have all of the little things buttoned up. And, and, and now we can get a true gauge of what's happening.
2: Matt Verzels with us. Hail Varsity Radio and verz Fifty One on Twitter. No, that's that's a healthy look. And you're right; it is year four. And I think there's a lot of talent on that roster. Vers, there was some discouraging news with uh, with Step and, and his injury situation yesterday. And he's a guy that, man, when he's healthy, he did some really good things at a high-level program. You've got a bunch of scholarship backs there. And you got a new kid, too, in Irvin that, that sounds great. But, you know, what is it about Nebraska's running back situation that they've just kind of been searching since Ozigbo. And it's been a long time since there's been a guy like Amir down there. It shouldn't be an issue to have a great guy carrying the rock at Nebraska. And I'm not saying they don't have one. It just, but it's taken a while for a guy to to get lathered up and be kind of the, the mail carrier here. Do you think you can find one here between now and fall or find a couple?
4: Well, Smitty, for me, the thing that I question, my questions about that are, you know, Ronald Tompkins, Ramir Johnson, Scott, when the recruiting process will so happen, these guys were the next coming of uh, of Kenny Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the next coming uh, of all these great running backs. And again, through year two with some of these guys, or year three with some of these guys, why are you dependent on a transfer in who then ends up being hurt. And injuries happen. You know, that's unfortunate for the young man. It felt terrible for him. But how do you get to that position? Like, that's another thing I would evaluate. And say: How are we here with this? How is this what has happened? Are we missing on recruits? Or are we, do they need more time to develop? Because, listen, I've seen the film on the kids, and I think the kids can play. But the, the rotations of it, to me, at times, seems super choppy. Mm. Like to get lathered up, you have to be in motion. Like you have to be playing for more than a snap or two, or for more than a play or two. And that's not a. I'm not taking. I'm not taking shots at Coach Held or anybody. But this is just something that. This is just something that they should. It should be should be good. Like we we shouldn't have to be discussing these things. Like. Mm. I think there is talent in the running back room. Now it's the coaching staff's methodology to find a way to creatively use that, use that talent, right? And those schemes that they have contain those things. That just, I just, I, nobody can explain to me how this hasn't all meshed up. Because, mm-hmm. hey, I'm Team Ramir, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm Team Ramir. Like, I, I like what he has to offer. I would love to see him get three series in a row where he can go out and and play. So those are – that's something I hope they can clear up as well.
2: A few minutes here. We're talking spring football, Husker football. Matt Verzil with his former Husker standout with his. Sale Varsity Radio at Verz51 on Twitter. Verz, uh, look at the offensive line. Uh, They finished well against Rutgers. They're not super old, but they're not super new or young. And I know last time we talked, uh, we talked about the, the center position, you know well. And we also talked uh, about a, a kid you know real well in Hickson, and, and he's battling for a chance to start again. But as you uh, kind of ballpark the offensive line, what, what gains do you expect this spring by by that group, and, and where can they go? What, what type of O-line can Coach G have down there in Lincoln?
4: Well... I know it was a one-game sample size. But if Corcoran plays like he did in that game, mm-hmm. then I think you have a, a star in the making. I think you have a bell cow, as Phil used to say for your offensive line. You have someone that can change the identity of of your... your of the perception of your line. Because he was nasty in that game. He, he was... If not the best, he was the second best lineman in that game. I mean, he played. He played a game I never thought I would play, and then unfortunately, the way I am right now, it made me wonder why he hadn't been in earlier. Because I'm guessing he didn't just turn that on and, and go for his first start. That's kind of how he is.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, the rest of the guys hopefully pick up on that. You know, I, I've grown to like Ethan Piper. Um, I think an amazing, or not amazing, but a good athlete, somebody that can bring that athleticism back to, to Nebraska football, especially Nebraska's offensive line. You know, those guys have to be athletic. You're just, you just have to be 300-plus pounds as an athlete. Um, so I think the attitude, right, they, they're going to be the tone setters for how that offense feels. I know, I know it's 2 a.m.'s gig, and I know he runs the show. But those guys up front have to have a nasty disposition, and they want to hurt. You know, they they have to want to hurt people, and, and it's okay, because as long as you're doing it and nobody flags it, it was all legal. <laughs> That's the beauty of what we get to do. So we can go in and and we can throw hands and we can tell each other what we think of each other, and we can we can hurt. That's okay. So I hope they have just a nasty mentality. That's what I'll be looking for early in the season. Is are you? just a bunch of fresh pricks that really don't care what anybody thinks of you, and you just go go do your job and do it well and do it mean.
2: Do you have to to, to get a little nasty in kids today? I mean, I look at my own boy, and, and he, he didn't get a play on the line. I don't know if he'll play at all, but my point is, he he seems like, you know, he's got a little a-hole in him. I don't know where he gets yeah. that. But yeah. but just from, from the coaching perspective, are, are kids... More timid, or are there some kids with a mean streak? I know it varies, but what, what's your experience been like?
4: No, it's in them. Okay, it, it, it's it's just not in as many. I um know. The kids, the kids that are that way, um, nine times out of ten have had a little bit rougher go of it. Sure. And then some, it's just in you. Like you're you're just like. My nephew the the one you were speaking of, Cash, mm-hmm. he will he will instigate and he will he'll, he'll stay he'll answer the bell. You can ask his brother Max, like Cash <laughs> if he goes down, he doesn't back down from it. He's mm-hmm. ready to roll. So yeah, it's in some kids you can pull it out of some of them. And everybody's got a trigger, you know, there were things that you would just think about and piss off and then they're like, All right, that it was that person across the line from me's fault. He did it. That's why. So I'm not. I'm not taking it out on you. You don't want me to, but I'm going to take it out on you because you did this. You made this bad situation happen in my life. And it's your fault.
2: You can channel it, and it's all about getting that button pushed. Uh, Matt Verzel's with us, A.L. Varsity Radio. Vers, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Adrian, and uh, what what do you put on Adrian? What do you take away from Adrian? I I look at his career as we go into year four, freshman year. Had a lot of help around but man, was he good, and man, was he healthy. And then you got the expectations in year two. You got a little bit of the quarterback merry-go-round and looking over your shoulder year three. And now we're back to, to year four, into year four, back to – the opportunity to to be and kind of build off of what you looked like your first year. So it's been a long, strange trip, and I think he's super talented. I don't think he's had a ton of help around him, or it's not all kind of been on the the level playing field since his freshman year with either the receiving core or a guy like Zigbo to lean on with the run game. Uh, turnovers are, are, are key. You, you need to hold on to the football, even if you're going to run. I get all that. But as you look at Adrian here, man, what, what's his upside? What do you think, uh, what can be this uh, end of the chapter for him as he goes into this senior season?
4: Hopefully we get back to the a with a little swag, right? Sure. He, he, you, you probably hit on a lot of the points. I think your biggest one was at the end. Um, I don't think Coach Austin, Coach Frost, anybody up there would have been said, hey, you know, our offensive line really did him a solid. Like, they really got him in a position where he could showcase his talent, which is the offensive line's job. That's not a dig on anybody that's fact. If if you watch the games, it's very hard to run a timing offense and I'm not beating a dead horse when your snap is off. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very hard to complete passes when a member of your protection unit has whiffed on a block and there's a guy, as you catch the ball, that is literally a yard and a half from you. You Those reads come fast. Adrian has also contributed to some of those things by by forcing balls into areas they don't need to go to, fumbling. So, for me, it's, again, control what you can control, right? So, if I... If I'm going to run the ball, I'm going to protect the ball. If I'm going to, to distribute the ball, I'm not going to force it into an area where I don't want it, where I don't have to put it. When I do, you know, pitch, handoff, whatever, those things are as secure as, as the Deutsche Bank. You know, he, the, everything is, is is on lockdown. Like eliminating those, then also factors into what we talked about, especially teams at the beginning of the call is is, is getting another win or two. Right? Don't don't be your own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. You, you've got enough of that stuff that, that that can happen. So if you can control those turnovers, control the correct read, control, you know, empower your offensive line. To, hey, fellas, that one wasn't very good, but I know you got the next one. And then you go from there, and then it builds, and, and then you see the confidence, right? The confidence boost of, of executing the game plan, that's really all that's missing. It's just a good, fluid. Hey, we executed great here. Now we can just go be the athletes that we were recruited to be and have success. So those are the things that I'm, I'm hoping to see out of, out of Adrian. I think he's a great kid. I think he's been run through the ringer. I think he's been trotted out there a couple times in a situation where it wasn't the best around it, but he made or attempted to make the best out of it. Now it's time for him to have a squad around him. And I know they've, they've lost some valuable pieces, but should be able to step those in. Start by controlling the line of scrimmage and establishing your running game, be that with the running back, with the quarterback, with whoever. But let those big nasties out front get frothed up. Let them get lathered up and, and go on. And then I think the play calling becomes a little bit more, not easy, but a little bit more reliable, I would say, mm-hmm. because now we've got control of the line of scrimmage. So if they can control that, then I think – they're going to have. They're going to shock some people if if they struggle up front. It's going to be. It's going to be difficult.
2: Matt Versal with us, Hale Varsity Radio at Verz Fifty One. Verz, we'll let you get to it. Know you're busy with Pions, and uh, do you have a run line number here for the A's versus Sox Sunday?
4: Well, from what I've heard, the Sox pitching hasn't been very good. So I'd probably throw that thing at about. Oof, I'd probably put it out around fourteen.
2: Okay. All right. 14
4: or 15?
2: This is Juniors, the Lincoln A's first game of the year. I know the Sox have had a few ball games under their belt, so a little oh,
4: rough. Oh, well, that would have been valuable information before I set the line. <laughs> I'm, saying the I'm saying the A's are probably just chomping at the bit to get out and hit some live pitching, so yes, I'll leave are. it at 14.
2: Okay. Well, hope to hope to bump, in, hope to bump into you and, and crack one with you soon, bud. Thanks again.
4: Sounds good. All right, bud. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the
2: voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranich. We say hi to Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Buffet, at BTN. Rick Pizzo on Twitter is where you find him. Rick, how's your Wednesday? What's good, man?
0: Wednesday is okay, Chris, but Monday and Tuesday were fantastic. Golf season has arrived in Chicago. It was 70 and sunny the last couple of days. Had a little bit of a breather, and I know we're here to talk about work stuff, but man, to be able to get it on the links and start springtime in early April, what a bonus!
2: Man, you got game, though. You can you can swing the sticks. I I know you're very humble in all honesty, but man, you're you're really good at it. So you always enjoy your golf rounds. Uh, I I played Saturday. I got man, I got my lunch money taken. Uh, not not literally, but just by the course. It just Warped me, But again, we were out on the links before youth baseball started up. So, yeah, it's always good. Golf season's here. We'll get to some Masters in a minute. I'm glad you got to go swing the clubs. Our focus has been uh, spring football for Nebraska. And, you know, some discouraging news for Nebraska with Marquis Stepp, the transfer from SC. He has been lost for the spring. He had to have a procedure done on, on his foot and uh, he's a guy that Nebraska was hoping to lean on. Rick, as you look at Nebraska here in the Frost era, what's been your takeaway with the team's running game? What's what's a label or word that comes to mind with Nebraska's rushing attack?
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of unknown because I think you're trying to figure out what do you want and, and what can you really expect from a run game in an offense which is going to be high tempo, high pace, put so much on the quarterback. And I think when folks look at either the run and shoot or the spread offense, they immediately think of the quarterback and the wide receivers. And you kind of forget about the running backs. But you think about Ohio State, it's a perfect example, right? They ran that spread offense with Urban Meyer. And I know you relied so much on JT Barrett and critical down and distance situations. But think about the running backs that came through. I mean, Without the play of guys like Carlos Hyde and Ezekiel Elliott and Trey Sermon going for, what, 500 yards combined in the championship game in the semifinal, that spread offense doesn't work. So I think, unfortunately, to too many people, it's an afterthought. I don't think it's an afterthought to Scott. I certainly don't think that's the case. But you need to have a running back that can be a game-breaker because then that completely opens things up for a guy like Adrian or any other quarterback who can take off when everything else is not there because that linebacker's eyes are staring into the backfield ah. because the safety can't cheat. My dog clearly agrees with me, if you can hear him barking outside. <laughs> but that, that's the scenario that you have is – a running back needs to be the setup guy in that offense. And from time to time, like Ohio State showed over the past decade, the running back needs to be the star as well.
2: Are you just teasing Otto talking football as now we're into spring Man, and we're so Otto far away?
0: Football. He is so mad that I'm as happy as I am that it's golf season. He is equally angry because that means that his guy, who's usually outside throwing the ball with him hours <laughs> a day, the links hours a day, and he's kind of sitting there with the ball in his mouth with nobody to throw it to him, and clearly that's not nearly. It.
2: That's all right. No, it's good to to get Otto on the show. As many years as we've done this, I mean, we, uh, Otto's felt left out, so we're getting Otto some some airtime on hail City. No, you're right, and and Nebraska. They've had a feature back. I don't want to say that they haven't in the Frost era because uh, Ozigbo really had a, a good finish yeah. to his career. And when Mills was healthy and they gave him the football, Man, he did well against some pretty high-profile teams. But Nebraska right now is trying to find that next guy. And, Rick, as you look at some of the other programs, and you just hit on Ohio State, I mean, Iowa's had good run games. Michigan State, when they've been rolling, they've had a, a, a back. Uh, and and I look kind of down the, the rest of Wisconsin, clearly. I mean, they, they always find a running back to, to lean on. Can you can you go as far as you want in the Big Ten with running back by committee? You can, but not
0: at the schools that you mentioned. Now you mentioned Iowa, Michigan state, Wisconsin, right? Mm -hmm. So when those schools were having great success and Iowa, Wisconsin still now, they're not running the same kind of offense that Nebraska wants to run. So those schools, I don't think could have quite as much success running back by committee. I mean, now, there are exceptions. I mean, when Wisconsin has, you know, Monte Ball and James White right. and Melvin Gordon on the same team, as Nebraska fans know, and you run for a million yards in the championship game, then sure. <laughs> now, at Nebraska, I actually think it can work if you're able to have other guys that can do multiple things. And unfortunately, the departure of Juan Dale, I think that's a guy. You have that Percy Harvin mold, right? Uh, and I hate to, again, I'm harkening back to an old Urban Meyer team. But that Florida team had some good running backs and really good quarterbacks, but they also had another guy that you could spread out and move, and I think that's what Scott really wants. Mm -hmm. He wants to have a couple of guys, a running back or two running backs by committee, but also have that kind of player, that flanker, wide receiver guy, who you can put in the backfield, who you can put out wide, because that confuses defenses. It covers up a lot of mistakes it covers up perhaps an inequity on the line it covers up a quarterback that's not having a great day I think that's really why that departure hurts so much because it would allow a play caller like Scott to do so many different things if you have that in place for a couple of years and you're able to complement it with a running back even by committee if those guys aren't hurt
2: Rick Pizzo's with us, Big Ten Buffet, Hale Varsity Radio, at, Rick, at BT and Rick Pizzo on Twitter. Rick, uh, you know, what's, what's the jump you think you're going to see? And I know it's spring ball, but you're going to see from Adrian.
0: Well, I it has to be seismic. I think we expected a jump after year one, and that was perhaps, maybe it was unfair, Chris, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think he was so good... And I think Scott put a lot of pressure on him, maybe too much. And I think we did too. Mm -hmm. And then I think then you get into a year where you're having competition, which I think is really good for quarterbacks. Now, I didn't necessarily love the way the competition was handled last year as far as this starts yours, this starts yours, we're going to go back and forth. And I understand there's always competition and there's always motivation in that. And Scott knows his players much better than I do. But now it's your team. Now, again, there are no questions. You are going to be the guy. You have guys around you now, and you have this system memorized. So I think, and I think you would agree with this. The problem last year was that inconsistency where you'd see one game and you'd say, he's got it. Mm-hmm. It's here. This is what we are going to see for the next year and a half. And the very next game, it disappears. Mm -hmm. And you're scratching your head saying, how can this be the same guy I saw at Purdue playing against Northwestern? They're two different guys. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what you need to see. You need to see the same guy week in and week out. And maybe not looking over the shoulder makes a difference this year.
2: I think you're right on with, uh, okay, freshman year, big wow. And then you've got expectations and you feel those expectations, And Colorado derailed a lot. You go into next year and it's I mean, quarterbacks are special, man. And they're special mentally in a good way because they, they, they run the show. But in the same way, uh, confidence can, can be very, very fragile at that spot just because of
0: just like a hockey
2: goalie. Right. Right. Just because of how much you put into it. So, you know, I look at Adrian's turnovers and we've harped on that for forever i just I just think it 's apples and oranges, and I think they 're trying to get back to the the same level maybe they had around him his freshman year. I think the line can be good, but they don 't have a running back like Ozigbo. And they don't have a guy like Stan or or Spielman. Those are two wide receivers, and you still had Stoll playing for you. I just don't think he had the help last year, or guys weren't up up to speed. So I think, yeah, he needed to be more consistent. But I think the offense around him didn't do him any favors.
0: No, I agree. And, and you had you know multiple injuries to Wandale, and I mean so many guys, Hi. right? So many important guys were hurt uh, offensively and you weren't sure what you were going to get every week. I think there were some questions too. Like, listen, JD put up some great numbers, right? But I think there were some some questions about the want to factor of every single Saturday. And I think that could bleed in as well. I I think one thing that needs to be talked about this year, I think Scott's probably tired of talking about it, but if you're the one that puts it out there, it deserves to be talked about. And he talked a lot publicly about getting the culture to where he wanted it to be and that it would take three years, a full recruiting cycle, right, to get the guys out who didn't fit and let the guys that want to transfer go. That's this year, Chris. Mm -hmm. That's this year. Those guys who you didn't want, the culture killers, the guy who didn't understand what Nebraska football, those guys are gone. You have your guys now. So show us that this year the culture that you knew that you believed in that created one of the greatest dynasties in college and has been gone basically for two decades. Do we have those guys now? Are those the guys that are in Lincoln? I think we know a lot. I think we answer a lot of that question by the end of this year.
5: Rick, well, while we're talking
0: just a little bit about, you know, Martinez and all that, uh, where do you think Nebraska actually stands in terms of? The, the talent of their, their starting quarterback in, in 2021. I mean, a lot of Husker fans had a lot of confidence in, in Adrian Martinez after that freshman season, as you said earlier. Um, but I- is it still well-founded, or are there just you know numerous other quarterbacks in the Big Ten who, who you think have, have more talent than him? No, it's absolutely well-founded, because when he plays to his potential, you can make an argument. If you look at the quarterbacks that are gone now, right, yeah. with Justin Fields moving on, you look at the quarterbacks that are coming back, Dave Ramsey... Northwestern, I mean, a guy who played one year with the Wildcats and put up good numbers, you look at the guys that were there and now the guys who aren't going to be there. I mean, there are questions at quarterback, even, even places that have returning guys with a ton of talent, like Graham Mertz, he blew us away in week one, right? But then there were all sorts of questions throughout the rest of the year, not just COVID-related. I mean, there are very few programs in the country who have a quarterback who stays for at least three years at that program is outstanding. And if you have that guy, you're Ohio state or you're Clemson or you're Alabama and you're in the national championship. Hunt. I mean, that is not a commonality. So if you want to compare Adrian talent wise, potential wise to the rest of the big 10, you can make an argument that heading into this year, could he be the best quarterback in the league? Why not? Mm -hmm. He could absolutely be the best quarterback in the league. Could he, if he shows as much inconsistency as he has over the past couple of years, could he be middle of the pack? Absolutely. And that, to me, is what makes Nebraska such a fascinating case study in Big Ten football and building with a new coach in year four and building to where you're trying to get to with the first full group of guys that are your guys in a division that I'll be dead honest with you, fellas, I think is right for the taking this year. I think the Big Ten West is absolutely right. You want it? Go out and get it.
2: Go play better football and take care of the football and be good on special teams. Take a step defensively and uh, find an identity offensively. That's a long to-do list, but it's doable. Rick Pizzo's with us. Hail Varsity Radio, Big Ten Network. Rick, uh, about a minute and a half here. Not as much time as we need for golf, but that's what we have. Your thought here on, on the Masters this weekend. Give me a win, give me a place, give me a show.
0: I mean, you'll get your usual suspects, right? I mean, I think Justin Johnson's the guy that's perfectly designed for the course. He showed it in November, Justin Spieth, or Jordan Spieth, Mm -hmm. I should say, to have him back and playing well. I think Justin Thomas is a guy that, obviously, this course sets up well for him. If I'm going to give you a couple of dark horses, Mm -hmm. I really like the way that a lefty named Brian Harmon has been playing as of late. He's a guy who nobody talks about, but he loves Augusta. He gets around Augusta really well. People forget how well Sung Jae Im played last year. He's just in his second Masters, young guy out of Korea, but I think he is a phenomenal player, and I think he has a very good chance. But at the end of the day, man, it is really hard to pick against Dustin Johnson the way that he's playing. Uh, I know that a lot of folks say Bryson DeChambeau can overpower this golf course. I'm just, I just – until he shows me that at Mm -hmm. Augusta – I'm not ready to buy. Uh, I mean, I think the, the heavy money goes on DJ, but as always, at Augusta, first couple of rounds, you'll see a couple of guys who are on the leaderboard, and you're scratching your head saying, where did those guys come from? I think Brian <laughs> Harmon, I think Matt Kuchar, a couple of guys that maybe make a little bit of a run that you don't expect.
2: Rick Pizzo with us, Big Ten Buffet, a little Masters thoughts, and Rick, uh, enjoy uh, wonderful weather in Chicago, keep them clubs dusted off, and Go hit him far and straight and, and say hi to Otto again. Thanks for a few minutes with us.
1: The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all didn't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot...
2: Is me. Back with you. Tower two. It's the weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, Mark Kranak is on assignment. We'll catch up with Cranach next week. And uh, we kick things off uh, with Brandon Vogel, managing editor, hailvarsity.com and magazine. And his book with John Cook, dream like a champion. Vogues, good Saturday morning, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're okay. So where do you picture Cranach being when we say on assignment?
1: Hmm. At the Masters. Okay. Why not? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's the easy ticket to get, right?
2: Oh, sure. Sure. And you know about CraneX' love affair with golf, clearly. Uh. <laughs> so, have you have you been have you been able to to sneak onto the luscious uh, land of, of Augusta?
1: I, I have not. I have skirted around the city of Augusta on the interstate, and that is the extent of my uh, my personal history with the uh, the capital of U.S. golf.
2: Okay. Yeah, I've I've had friends who've won the lottery in in non pandemic years and gotten to go, and it'd be awesome to check out someday. Right, someday we'll we'll do a Saturday morning show from Augusta because they allow that sort of thing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll we'll dive into uh, to you know how Crayneck shot uh, this weekend, next weekend when we're all back together. But interesting week of football, Brandon. And, and you know, week two of spring uh, has come and gone. And the, uh, the Kool Aid video, as it's now known, was out. And uh, over under before that video came out on, on how many uh, profile shots of Omar Manning would be in that three minute clip.
1: Uh, whatever, whatever the number was, uh, and I would have set it pretty low and I probably would have taken the under, um, (laughs) yeah, we were kind of talking as a, as a staff a little bit and it would just like, I don't know if, and now granted since we didn't get to see any practices in person in 2020, but like we haven't seen all remaining on a practice field very much for Nebraska, um. So I, when the news came Wednesday that he was out, even knowing that I'm like, ah, oh, you know, he probably just rolled an ankle and he'll yeah. be back tomorrow. Um, just given the history of not getting on the field, it did make me a little bit cautious. So. Um, yeah, I think that was a pretty pretty conscious choice to say, "Hey, look, look at this. Look who's here," uh, and, and good. It probably sued the uh, collective stress of, of Husker Nation a little bit going into the weekend.
2: He was waving for God's sake, right? I mean, he was <laughs> he, he was making a block downfield, and then then he's waving, and then he's making some sweet sweet grabs, uh, sliding to the ground. But no, he is a guy that. You know he has all the talent in the world, and Nebraska fans have visions of of big plays in their head once you get Omar on, and, and you, you couple that with the rest of the receiving core that you think can be really pretty good. So it's not just, okay, worry about Omar. I mean, you still got Bets, You've got Alante, who's got a season under his belt. Uh, Nixon's back from, from injury. Martin's nice. Uh, Wyatt's. Been doing some things. I I really like the receiving core, and and you pair that with the quarterback, which is where I'm going next. And you spent a lot of time with Mario Verduzco, and uh, had a, a really awesome feature, and even got to hang uh, in Mario's office for for one of your yearbook stories. And kind of take me through uh, how you uh, you interpreted Mario's kind of candid comments, uh, not only about the benching, but, but also on Adrian and the emotion attached to it. Cause that's one thing I've kind of taken with me this week was early in the week, not only Adrian talking about where he needs to go and the turnover topic that it seems like everybody's hit on, but even his position coach, uh, when, when Mario met the media this week.
1: Yeah, there were, there were two things with that, I guess with the, with the benching, um, one, so you clearly, you see kind of the devotion and the attachment to Adrian. And I, I really do think Mario works to develop that with, with all his quarterbacks. It's not just like, Oh, this one's my favorite. Um, but he's the one that was here from the very start. And I think for me, it was more of an indication of what, you know, a guy who's coached quarterbacks for a long, long time uh, knows he can be. Um, so I think that's where some of that emotion came out, you know, kind of talked about this a little bit during the Northwestern game, you know, it was, it was kind of a strange confluence of factors, particularly when you look back at it. I mean, what well, you and I Shreddy, were messaging about this after the, the big 10 championship, yeah. Adrian Martinez put up virtually identical numbers to, um, Justin Fields oh. against that same Northwestern defense, which was really, really salty and experienced. Uh, with one fewer interception, the problem was it was early in the season. You know, Nebraska still had all of its hopes on the table. In fact, you were coming out of the Ohio State game feeling okay because you played well for a half. Um, but then you just had an unforgivable interception. It was all things considered. You could play that game exactly the way it played out. And if the circumstances are just different, it's probably not a benching. Um, in, in my opinion, you know, I, I look at last year, Adrian, from a, from a numbers perspective and it was probably his best year. Um, you know, I know what the freshman year was. And I think that one benefits from circumstances a little bit too, where there were no expectations. We knew nothing of the guy and he came out and was, was one of Nebraska's best players. And it kind of set the stage for, for all the rest of it. So that was one thing on the turnover thing. I, I when, when Redusco said, just take care of the frickin' ball, I was kind of like, yeah, that kind of is it. And I was looking at it a little bit this week. His interception rate is below the national average. It's not drastically below. Like, he's not a guy who um, you're just like, oh, he doesn't throw interceptions. He's not Colt McCoy. Um, but it, that's not the, the issue. The issue is, is the fumbles. He has 27 over his career. The, the next closest free quarterback that's played all three seasons, which isn't a very big group, is 19. Um, but here's the thing, like, those fumbles are having a major impact. Nebraska's 3-10 and 10 when Adrian Martinez loses a fumble. They're 8-7 when he doesn't. Um, and what do you do with that? What do you do with a guy who's just a little bit fumble prone instead of try to not put him in those positions? But they had to rely on the quarterback run game so much that they don't have much choice. We'll see if I
2: can change. You know, those are those are money stats. And I look at Adrian slimming down. I think he probably had to bulk up the last couple of years because he was going to be a focal point in the run game. What's our best offense running the football? Well, it was Adrian. Because, and, and not that Mills didn't have good moments, but between the injury, right, and finally getting him the ball, junior season against Wisconsin, Adrian had to bulk up a little bit to to absorb some of that. And, you know, what what's the judgment like with your quarterback? Is he a guy that is kind of Brett Farvish? The gunslinger mentality where, well, screw it, let's just let's make something happen. (laughs) Right? And I I don't think I mean Adrian's going to try and make something happen. But I think he's he goes into it as you see him kind of roll out and, and extend plays that he's been so good at throughout his career. More times than not, he's dinged somebody for like a 40-yard gain, okay, as he's rolling against the grain to his left. And, oh, look at the touch on that pass. How did he find Mo Washington up the sideline against Wisconsin or Iowa, right? But – what 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 sticks with you is that, that one interception where he tried to do too much against Northwestern. You're ahead. I believe they were ahead in the game or they were tied, but it was in a in Nebraska was in a better spot because they went to the locker room actually ahead, right? On the road against Northwestern. And then you come out, you're in the third quarter, and and you have a then you have an interception. And it was one of those jump balls and you are throwing it to one of your Eighteen foot tall tight ends. It was just way off. So it was an instance where he got caught up trying to do too much, and you had that 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 McCaffrey situation where yeah, there's somebody over his shoulder, and and I think that added to the problem. I think you'll see caution uh, with with his decision making this year, and and him maybe being able to play a bit freer. Uh, we got a lot of football left before we get to fall, obviously, but. I look at Adrian and I don't see him. I've never seen him as a, as a reckless risk taker at quarterback.
1: Yeah, it's such a it's such a fine line for for football coaches, and you know it's been that way um, really since since the quarterback position has uh, moved out of kind of the primordial sludge of being a primary running back in the early early days. Mm-hmm. To then you went to almost pure drop back passers. And and now you got guys that can do both. Um, And and how much do you limit that? Because it can be a...
2: Vogue's? Hello? Hello? Vogue's, start over. Because that was going to be incredible. And he just dropped out. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) sorry about that. We left Uh, off at Sludge. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah. Um, So the, the primordial sludge of of quarterbacks, you know, back in the single wing days where they basically were just your primary running back uh, to the, the days of the pure drop back passer. And now we're to a point where you, you've got guys that do both. And, and so how do you manage that? Because those type of guys extending plays and, you know, turning, you know, how many times has has Adrian turned what shouldn't, by all accounts, been a sack into something good? Um, So you have those, but occasionally those turn into, well, maybe you tried to do too much on that one. It's just finding that balance, you know, Mario saying what he said about the, about taking care of the football, obviously got run for an entire week of spring ball. But even before that, he said the exact same thing and kind of the the Adrian Martinez video uh, that they put out the the week before. So it's being stressed. You know, it's one of those things, though, where you just got to you gotta see it um, to, to fully know that, oh, something has happened. We used to be here, and now we're here.
2: You know, I look at him. We're in Boulder, right? And I go back to that moment. It's halftime. Nebraska's drilling the Buffs. And what was it, third play of the game? Nebraska has the football with their possession. They get a three and out defensively. What's Nebraska do? Like, Adrian's in the pocket, scrambles a bit, sets, and here's J.D. for 81 yards. I mean, that, that's just undefensible, right? And, and you've seen moments like that on top of how Adrian's been able to finish off a run. I mean, the, the highlight reel you can go catch on YouTube, man, it's okay to be excited. You just hope that, uh, from a confidence standpoint and the health standpoint, uh, it's it's gonna be great for him this senior season because between health and confidence, um, that that's been a bit stormy here the last couple of seasons potentially. And also, we go back to you know freshman year, Adrian versus what are we gonna see senior year, Adrian? I think there's a lot of weapons around him. Can those guys be ready, Vogues, for for fall? Because if you got uh, some options at receiver, you find a run game. I feel good about the O line. I, mean, I don't think the O lines. I think it's going to be as good as it's ever been. On uh, uh, this, see this as young as they are, man. They they look good. And yes, I'm overreacting to Rutgers. Forgive me, but uh, they have the opportunity here to really make a jump offensively. We talk about the defense and feel good there, but. You know, if you take care of the football and and you uh, you make a jump, uh, you could be helping out each unit. There there could be a sighting of complimentary football here in this fall.
1: Yeah, I I think they they have. You know, there's there's still a lot of unknowns for me on on offense. Um, but they feel, and, and they should be entering year four, they feel maybe the most balanced that they've been mm-hmm. a, across all of the positions. Like, we can look at the wide receivers and be like, oh, there's not a lot that's proven there. But you've got, you know, three, four guys that we can probably rattle off uh, the top of our heads that you're, you're at least intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with the running back group. Now, that's you know, not always the best thing. You know, it's great to have, have, a, have a running back coming back where you're just like, yep, that's the guy. Um, but, but they don't, but I like, I like the talent level. And and so I, I think there, there is that and, you know, this kind of not to make this all about Adrian Martinez, but so much, there's, there's been so many times where, and I think this started in 2018 when it was kind of totally a free roll, you know, he, he felt like he's had to do a lot because other pieces of it weren't working. Um, and, and whether that's true or whether that's just his perception, it's, it's all the same mm-hmm. because it still produces these, these occasional occasional gas. And quarterbacks are, are going to mess up, but a real key to that position is minimizing how
2: often that happens. Right. And, and that's so key. And, and Nebraska has not been clean enough in all three phases to, to overcome one position's mistake here or there. And that's kind of the 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 drill down here this spring. Brandon Vogel's with us, managing editor. HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. On Twitter is uh, where you follow him. Vogel's going to switch gears to, to volleyball here. And uh, everything okay now? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, volleyball, the NCAA, ESPN, they've all responded. And, hey, now we can watch and listen to uh, the matches now on ESPN. They've uh, come to their senses. There's uh, adjustment by the NCAA. And man, this thing, these storm clouds were really dark here about uh, 48 hours ago here with social media reaction. Coaches felt frustrated. Uh, Bush League, I believe, was the term used by Purdue's coach uh, towards the treatment of volleyball. And you, you love this sport. You cover it. You did a great book with a with a legendary coach in John Cook, and I, I don't think everything's okay, but it's better at least. Is that your feel here as we move forward for next week?
1: Yeah, I feel like the outcry uh, has has produced some results, certainly with ESPN, um, which you know from their perspective, I could see it with just the setup on that first day. It's a it's a logistical challenge, but. It's not impossible um which is which is what we got to you know the NTA put out its statements kind of in response to this and, and I, I, i'll give them the benefit of the doubt i'll say some of that was probably true um that you know things weren't exactly as they were kind of reported or coming out on on that thursday that said you know revisit that day, and and Coach Cook talked about what he was hearing. He talked about being on a phone call with the other coaches who were really concerned. Um, We saw other coaches throughout the country as those tweets started to come out, kind of amplifying that. There was clearly something, well, multiple things that coaches were concerned about. So for the NCAA to come and say, yeah, none of this was actually part of the plan. Eh, uh, They don't have the track record for me to buy that wholesale.
2: No, absolutely. Vogues, uh, let's look ahead to Nebraska here and uh, another loaded Big Ten field here for the NCAA tournament. A little smaller field, obviously, but what's your your outlook for just how deep Nebraska can go in, in this uh, 2021 tournament? Nebraska, Nebraska's strengths and a question or two you may have that, that could keep them from claiming another crown yeah
1: the draw the draws not easy um, I mean there's not going to be any totally totally easy pass here in, in, a, in the volleyball tournament but t- I'm assuming they'll play Texas State Texas State Utah Valley winner I'm guessing that'll be Texas State which which beat Baylor at, at the end of the year and has played 36 matches which is the other kind of bizarre thing about this tournament is some of these teams have played a lot more volleyball than, than the others. You know, and, then, and then Baylor, you, you've got the top two Big 12 teams in your side. Um, well, not just your side, your, your region. So they're going to have to be ready to go, which has been hit or miss at, at times during the season. Um, you know, we've seen Nebraska drop first sets to, to some good teams. We saw them drop one to Michigan, which was kind of middle of the road. Can they be ready to go? How does this non-conventional setup affect not just Nebraska, but all of these teams? Um, I, the good things in their favor: it, Lawrence Stivens is, is one of the best players in the tournament. You have that kind of go-to person. It, it's not an outside hitter um, like a lot of teams have, but, but you know, Wisconsin's go-to person isn't outside hitter either. So that's good. I think a lot of it comes down to how well does Lexi Sun play um, as that, that outside hitter who you, who you go to quite often? If she's playing at the Big Ten player of the week level that she did for two straight weeks, um, Nebraska has a chance to go pretty deep. Um, I, I think they make it all the way to the, the regional final where they will probably have a showdown with Texas. Um, and we know with those two programs the, the history that they share.
2: Just beat Texas, right? I mean, just <laughs> – it's everyone's thought bubble. Beat Texas and keep on rocking. Vogues, uh, what else you got going this weekend? What's coming up on Hale Varsity?
1: Yeah, so uh, he'll keep looking at it. We've, we've got some good stuff, some additional stories from, from spring football. Um, one coming from Derek on, on Samari Toure uh, in just about 45 minutes or so. Um, people should check out. Good to kind of – Week recap. Greg's got a nice story coming tomorrow about um, kind of recruiting. It's it's a it's a weird time where visits aren't officially allowed, but kids are actually trying to get to campus. So that'll be a good um, table setter for for the weeks ahead, uh, leading up to the spring game. And of course, Jacob will be our, our our point man on on all volleyball coverage throughout the next week. Me personally, I'm gonna be doing uh, I'm gonna write. Hopefully, four or five uh, team previews for the yearbook because it's, it's getting to be about that time.
2: Man, I can't wait. Love your previews. And uh, man, what a schedule to, to break down. Brandon Vogel's with us. Vogels, have a good weekend. Thanks for the time today.
1: You too. Thanks a lot.
2: All right. There he is, uh, Brandon Vogel, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Weekend edition. We roll forward. And it's time to say uh, hi to the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp is with us next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now back with Hale Varsity
4: Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach.
2: Back with you, it's the weekend edition Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I am smiling because... Well, it's gray and a little cloudy. There is sunshine peeking through. I, I need no more rain this weekend. Uh, we welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, good to spend some time with you. How uh, how you doing this morning?
5: I'm doing well, Schmitty. How are you?
2: I'm good, man. We uh, get uh, youth baseball kicked off tomorrow <laughs> uh, as uh, the monkey has a, a doubleheader. And uh, I'm excited for it, man. Long time coming, you know.
5: Well, it's that time of the year I kicked off my run of four thousand AAU basketball games yesterday.
2: How okay, so it, that's awesome and, and we all know the, the, the talent level around the region. Uh what'd you check out? Or did you just kinda go be a fan? Didn't matter, you just watched ball.
5: No, I have a particular interest that's playing in a on a seventeen and, okay. and Team, So, yes, I'm uh, as you can tell, I'm, I'm elated to spend uh, April, May, June, July, August and gyms around the country watching <laughs> AAU basketball. But, uh, you know, the level of 15-, 16-, 17-year-olds across the state is pretty good.
2: It is. And uh, it's good ball. That's outstanding. So, uh, we got great news this week with uh, the Nebraska fan base. They will, 4,000 anyway, weather permitting a week from today, We'll be able to go watch an open practice about two and a half hours. I was working in the morning, so I did not get down to see uh, uh, the first 30 minutes on on Wednesday. But plenty of footage was out there, and and that was really cool. And so if you and I are, are going next Saturday, what are we packing in the cooler? Because you can bring snacks. We can't buy a hot dog or a runza or a slice of pie. But uh, you can maybe bring in a snack or two, which is cool. I mean, you know, we, we've all heard uh, the legendary stories of folks smuggling things into Memorial Stadium. Now you actually get to bring something.
5: Yeah, I don't know what's going to be different from like a normal fall Saturday in, in Lincoln, where people sneak food in. It'd be <laughs> like going to a, it'd be like going to a NASCAR event yeah. where you will, uh, you know, you bring a cooler in, and maybe it has wheels on it. I mm-hmm. um, actually, you know what? It's a, uh, it's a great idea by Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know. We we, we, we kind of we want as much content as possible during the spring. We try not to overreact, but I have to say this: uh, kudos to Nebraska. They've had uh, they've had a lot of access for media, uh, whether to in-person interviews with coaches or players, or the uh, 30 minutes the other day to watch it. But I, I think this is a great thing for their fans. I mean, they understand how much their fans missed being in Memorial Stadium last year. To have an open spring practice. Um, And, you know, I mean, some people make some sweeping generalizations and overreactions, but it's a great, like, you know, olive branch to the fans ahead of the uh, spring game in a couple of weeks. So I I thought it was a great idea, and I think it'll be a lot of fun next weekend.
2: What are you trying to be cautious about and not overreact about? We see the videos. That's the snippet we get between yesterday or the the, the topic of Gabe Irvin and, and, you know, how mature he's been. In the opportunity he's getting or the, the marquee step news, have you been able to, to pump the brakes on things and, and not go too overboard? I know, I know you don't, but what are you, what are you really interested in uh, as, as we move forward? Because I mean, I, when I look at it, like I'm, I'm anxious to see, you know, a healthy locked in Adrian, right. And, and and go forward. I, I want to see Omar Manning make big plays. I, I want to see the run game, find a couple of guys that can hammer the ball and you see some good, you don't want to overextend on it though. You got to you got to be uh, be cautious still.
5: Well, I think you know defense should be what it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. They're veteran defense. Guys know what they're doing so they can fly around a little bit more. On that side of the ball, you're just trying to build some depth and you know to to have guys kind of find their role either first or second team. I think on offense, that's where a lot of us are watching. And, you know, is Nebraska's concerted effort to throw the ball downfield? Is it real, or is this just something they're working on in the spring? And I think it's important. You've seen any video you've seen. There have been a lot of throws downfield. Martinez has a throw to Beths on Wednesday that a lot of people are like, oh, okay, I like this. Um, (laughs) But I think it's important. I mean, this is the year of Adrian to watch to see how he throws the ball. When you get past 10 yards down the field, is he completing it? You know, what is uh, Torre and Manning and Betts, what can they do for you? So I think a lot of people will be focused on the offense because that, of course, is where the biggest questions on this team is. And really probably at the end of the day, where this team is going, I think the defense will be really good and continue to make improvements. But the offense is going to have to find a way to win some football games this year.
2: That they will, and uh, you need that that bubble between seventeen and, and thirty, right, for point totals in the Big Ten. It doesn't happen a lot unless it's a blowout against an opponent. But the, the Big Ten still pretty. Salty defensively when you think of the Northwesterns and Iowas. And I know Northwestern's got to reload a bit, but you're just not going to turn it into a track meet. Gary Sharps with us, Sale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition. And uh, your, uh, your reaction to the step news as, you know, what were you kind of banking on him to be? And, and how big is it, in your opinion, that he's not going to be physically doing much this spring?
5: Well, I think it's a big deal, and I, I think any time you're dealing with somebody that has a history of injuries and a foot injury for a running back, it's a big deal. You can't overlook that it's a big deal. Now, I hope that they diagnosed it early enough, and Nebraska, unlike USC, has taken care of this injury, and he'll be back on, you know, back in the mix in the middle of the summer. He'll be good to go for fall camp, but it's an area of concern. Uh, you know, he, he has battled some injuries. When he's been healthy, he's been good, but he doesn't do you any good if he's sitting on the sidelines. And he's a guy that is supposed to get into the mix to be one of your co number one running backs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of want him with that experience. But what it does, and so don't focus on the negative here. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm, I, I think people need to be concerned and watch that as the next couple of months unfold. It does open the door for a guy like Gabe Urban, who shows up and is early on campus and can get right into the mix and can get a ton of reps because it appears that that bat running back room is kind of banged up right now early on in spring, which is not a good thing because you don't know very much about anybody in that room. So for a young freshman to show up and kind of, you know, I, I, I looked at him from his size as a McHale-Wilbon type size. Brian Christofferson had a great comp. Brandon Jackson, just the way he good. runs. I, I think he's somebody I like coming out of high school. I think he's got a great opportunity here to get into the mix because our key step is not involved. But I wonder about the rest of the room. Who's going to get up and who's going to be consistently good? Who's going to be on the field for you? And where did Ramir Johnson go? I'm, I'm concerned about the running backs. Outside of Gabe Irvin. I'm, I'm wondering where those guys are going and who can stay on the field.
2: I love, anytime I hear Brand, Brandon Jackson, that, that makes me smile because you, you know, do with a second-round pick, had a nice career. And was he so good at the one cut and then just go <laughs> in, the, uh, in, the, in the Callahan era in that, uh, that Big 12 West team? Gary Sharpe's with us. As we look at the running backs here, Sharpie, to your knowledge, what, what is something that's, that's holding a guy like Tompkins back? What's holding a guy like Morrison back? Johnson, Ramirez, been here three years, and you saw him against Iowa. And then, of course, he had Marvin uh, Scott as well. Give me a, like a pro and, and not a con, but just a, 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 a reason that, that maybe their, their progress has been delayed.
5: Well, I think Tompkins and Morrison just getting on the field, whether it be for injuries or COVID, they're, they just need to get on the football field so we can see what they're like. You know, Marvin Scott is on the field, and, and Marvin Scott has gotten opportunities, and he'll be in the mix. The one guy that is kind of a mystery to me is Ramir Johnson. You know, we've, we've seen glimpses. You go back to his freshman year where they preserved his uh, redshirt season, and that game against Maryland where he was able to show off that great speed we fell in love with with him coming out of high school from New Jersey. And then last year you were waiting for him as Mills was trying to figure out his way and what his role was. And, you know, Nebraska didn't do a good job to the running backs of being committed to the running game in that position because it was, it was basically quarterbacks uh, uh, or Wandale Robinson mm-hmm. running the football. I go back to the Iowa game. You remember the first drive uh, against Iowa for Nebraska in the second half where Nebraska scored? Hmm. There were some nice plays by Ramir Johnson in there, and Johnson scored the touchdown. I am thinking, here we go, Ramir Johnson has arrived, and then he hardly ever carried the ball the rest of the season. And the knock has been on Ramir is he's got to get in the playbook, he's got to know the plays before we trust him out there. Well, it's kind of go time for him because you're going now into your third season, you've got to know the playbook to get on the field because I like him. I think he's got great speed. Um, I think he's, you know, his body has gotten a little bit bigger. But where is his role? Whatever happens through spring football, I don't think all of those guys stick around after the pecking order is established. After the spring, there's just not enough footballs to go around. But I don't think also Nebraska hasn't found that just number one running back. We're always looking for that co-one, two, and three. I don't know that Nebraska has a number one guy, and and, and, I, and that's that's something that has hurt that position over the last couple of years, you know, since Zigbo was here. That seems like a long time ago that Devine was here and ran for over 1,000 yards. Now some poor recruiting misses have hurt that position as well, but it's go time for that position, and Ryan held you know, and let you know what a sense of urgency there is.
2: Does that blow you away that we're talking about Nebraska football and it, it's not the power-eye option uh offense anymore that said Nebraska should never have uh, are you of the belief Nebraska should never have a, a problem recruiting a number one guy a, a, no, a dude I, in that room
5: well it's been a it's, a it's a position that has some great history at Nebraska I mean it has a Heisman Trophy winner it should be a position and it had a, it had a really good run of, of solid running backs that have gone on to NFL careers mm-hmm. you know you look at Hulu you look at Burkhead you look at Amir but it just hasn't happened now You know, Greg Bell and Mo Washington were supposed to take care of that. They're no longer here. I think also, when Nebraska's idea of what they want to do in the run game is how committed they are to it. Do they trust the offensive line? Do they trust the running backs to run the right way, find the right hole, run in the scheme? You know, it's a lot of trust that's involved. But at some point, Nebraska has to rely on running the football with running backs and running the football when they need to run the football and having success you know, we'd love to have the, the Rutgers game plan all the time, and maybe that's possible because that offensive line is essentially going to be the same offensive line this year. But in that game, you made a commitment to running the football, first with the running back, if need be, with Martinez. If that's the case, if you commit to running it out of the running back position, then I think we'll see that position start to to settle down, but there's some guys that have to step up in that room and and, and take the load and run with it. I think Gabe Urban's got a great opportunity with more reps this spring. We'll see who follows.
2: Sharpie, uh, when we talk about that commitment, it's easy to to, to talk about and say, man, just run the ball. I I get it. I'm with you on that. But if you're game planning or you're putting and providing input because you've been there every day at practice as a coach and a coordinator – um, what you want to do and what you're able to do are, are two different things. You feel good about the O-line. You feel good about finding a couple of guys in the running room. And you, you pair that together. Maybe you move forward with it. What do you think's been the trust issue? Has it been more O-line or has it been more uh, of of the running back room as far as the hesitancy to just dial and go all in a la Rutgers, what do you think well, was, I think a little was bit the pause? Been,
5: I think it's been a little bit the offensive line. Um, you know, is the offensive line going to get you a five yard push? Uh, are they going to hit the right block so this isn't going to blow up? Um, and then it's who's the running back? You know, when Diedrich Mills was healthy, Diedrich Mills was pretty good. But Diedrich Mills wasn't always in the backfield. So I think it's a a laundry list of things that have plagued Nebraska in just running the football, you know, I love the quarterback power run game that we saw at times last year with Martinez. I think the running game will change this year. And I, and I think a couple of things do this. I think how of the offensive philosophy, Schmidt changes a little bit because the defense is going to be a strength and you're not going to have to score, 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 because I think the defense will do well enough to keep games, low scoring. But you don't have to go and score 45 every single game or have that sense of urgency when you're out there playing on offense or you're calling. I think the offensive line will be better. They have uh, you know, they're changing a little bit of how they block up front um, in their zone scheme. And then I think the running backs will be different as well. Plus you also have to consider your backup to Adrian Martinez right now is
2: exactly
5: guys that haven't played. (laughs) So are you going to put him in harm's way and have him run the football as much as he's run last year and the year before. I don't think so. So it just adds a little bit more to need the running backs to be good, running backs read their holes, get there, run north-south, run east-west, and then make a commitment as a whole to run the football and be able to run the football – when you need to run the football or want to run the football.
2: Gary Sharps with us. A couple more minutes. Hail varsity Radio Weekend Edition. Sharpie, let's get over to Haymarket and, and talk Nebraska baseball. Another uh, big-time win for Will Bolt's crew. Uh, Povich, uh, really solid last night. The offense, very uh, diverse and uh, timely as always. And, you know, I, I love listening to Will Bolt. And uh, him just kind of shoot it straight, and, and I love his uh, his thoughts earlier in the week. Hey, we knew he had talent in the room. They got a lot of confidence, and, and they they're feeling it, man. Nine out of their last 10, and uh, Maryland's uh, a, a talented team, their records you know, a game or two below 500. But you know what were you, are, I guess are you surprised that Nebraska's where they're at, knowing baseball like you do? Are you surprised they're leading the league?
5: Nope, um, Well, maybe leading the league. You know, and they've now got a a game-and-a-half lead. I thought this team would be really good Mm -hmm. because I like the diversity of their lineup. I think Will has done a really good job of constructing this roster and then constructing his lineup on the different things that they can do. Uh, They can play small ball. They can hit to the gap. They can run the bases. They can hit home runs. They do a lot of things that make it tough on on pitchers in the Big Ten, and I like this team. I I think anybody that is on the fence or has not uh, gotten into Nebraska baseball, this is your time. This is a really, really good baseball team that has got a nice front-end starter in Cade Kovic, who continues to to go out and give you a chance every Friday. And then you've got Schwellenbach, who is on the back end, and you've been able to piece your bullpen together. They're also finding ways. You know, you go back to the series last weekend in Champaign, they found different ways to win that game. And the other thing about this team is you can look at this team, and if you know Will Bolt. You're like, that's a Will Bull team. They never back down, and they're never out of a game. You, know, you might be down 5 nothing, but before you know it, they've scored six runs and they're right back in the game. This is a fun team. They're very likable. Um, and I think as, as we get through the season and they get this, the competition becomes stiffer, and I think Maryland's the stiffest competition so far, um, you will see that Nebraska baseball will start to have that buzz again. And it's okay to jump on the bandwagon because I think they're really, really good.
2: Does this team remind you of past teams you've covered?
5: Well, maybe. Um, it's tough to judge because you're playing only in the Big Ten, so you don't have that, you know, that three- or four-week stretch of weekends where you get to see them play against some of the best non-con. Mm-hmm. But I think they're a really good baseball team. I think they do a lot of things well, and I think they do things well enough that they're going to continue to have success throughout the season, and then I think that will give them a chance when they get to the NCAA, and keep in mind, you know, I don't think you're going to see a team out of the Big Ten rise up to be a number one seed. But there's no doubt if Nebraska is sitting at the top of the Big Ten at the end of May, they could be a number two seed. And the way the NCAA is doing, regionals and super regionals where they're fixed sites this year, Nebraska's going to put in a bid. It's due on Monday. You know Nebraska's bid will be aggressive. The Nebraska could, as a number two seed, be hosting in the, uh, at the end of May, which would be like, oh, man, here we go. It's old times again.
2: <laughs> That'd be so good. As you've seen some of the projections, where where are those projections for Nebraska? Are they somewhere between a two or a three?
3: Well, they
5: are a two or a three. Baseball America, D1 Baseball are the two major publications, and they both have them going to the same spot, and that's down to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to see the old Husker coach, <laughs> Dave Van Yeah, and, and, you know, and Arkansas is really, really good. Dave's got a team that, that could get back to Omaha, and be right in the mix for another national championship. So you would like to avoid that. um, But I I would be very curious to see what the NCAA does when they get to the middle of May and they announce what the regional sites are going to be, because it's going to be on merit how they do it, if they'll just be pretty obvious on the top 16 at the time, or if a place like Nebraska, even though Nebraska wouldn't be a number one seed, would still get Uh, The ability to host at Haymarket Park.
2: Elijah is uh, on assignment this weekend down at Arkansas Ole Miss. So (laughs) (laughs) he, uh, I I hope he's got plenty of aspirin with him after a Friday night there. uh, Down there at Ole Miss, Sharpie, you have a great weekend, man. Enjoy the hoops and enjoy the baseball. Thanks for jumping in with us today.
5: Hey, enjoy the Masters as well.
2: You too, bud. Take care, Gary Sharp, with us, the Iron Horse Hail Varsity Radio weekend edition Uh, you missed the show please uh, check us out give us a review tell us what you think and can do so three different platforms to find us on the uh, the podcast side of things Uh, itunes spotify google play and uh, interviews are posted a couple of different spots espn lincoln.com and also uh, that on demand section with espn lincoln.com also on twitter at ESPN Lincoln. Give that a follow. Give Hale Varsity a follow. And uh, can find Damon on Twitter. Damon Barr, producer extraordinaire. At Damon Barr, that's two R's. At Schmidt underscore radios, where you follow me. At Mark Skurs for Mark Cranack, who will be back this weekend. Damon, what is on the agenda today? Well, first of all, uh, heading over to family. See them. haven't seen them in a couple weeks, actually. I was gone for Easter. So heading to the parents' house, uh, checking in with them. Helping my sister move apartment back home, uh, she's moving. Back so you're home, moving. So you're moving. I'm moving her, and then I'm. And then you're moving, moving. Moving my. I I move a month later. We're just okay. getting ready, but uh, definitely starting that process. So it's gonna be a long day of uh, hauling furniture for myself, dude. I mean, <laughs> do you have that friend you can go to, kind of like the Seinfeld episode where you? And, you know, Keith Hernandez was tapped by Jerry or vice versa, and Jerry had to help Keith Hernandez move, right? Do you have that buddy you can call up? I remember moving into the dorms my freshman year, and I had a buddy named Reggie who smarked Marlboro Reds, and we had to take the stairs, six floors. I was in way better shape then, so it didn't hurt me, but he about threw me out the window because <laughs> let's just say the uh, stamina wasn't what it needed to be because he had 70-year-old lungs. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, I'm the friend with the truck, so it's kind so of it's reversed you. on me. I'm that friend, so <laughs> that's the role I play. Uh, it's just whoever I can scrounge up to say, hey, uh, pop in the car, we're, we're driving across town, but uh, yeah, it's usually me on the receiving end of that phone call. I absolutely despise moving, and I, I will budget and budget and budget to... Pay someone to to do it. Yeah. I, I'm I've, pinky in the air a hole. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. But that's, I, I hate it. I hate moving. There's been uh, wars started in the Schmidt household because of trying to navigate stairs and oh, you're scratching the wall or don't you hit the weight room. I mean, just all the smack talk my wife gives me. It, it, it's been horrific. So every time we've moved, like, oh, this is going to cost an arm and a leg, but oh well. It, it, it keeps us from being at each other's throat. <laughs> hey, I don't blame you. So. Well, good enough. Uh, plenty of Masters updates uh, throughout the weekend. And uh, we will be back Monday on Hale Varsity Radio, 4 uh, o'clock. Plenty of recruiting thoughts. Uh, some reaction to Nebraska baseball's weekend series. Uh, looking forward to the NFL draft. And yes... More spring ball. Uh, Back at you on Monday with Hale Varsity. Have a great weekend. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.